Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, John, I am not reading that email on the air, uh, but thank you. It was in relation. Uh, it was related to the uh, the picture of the dog at the protest. Um, oh, at Pete Callender is the Twitter handle. Let me get Corey on uh, before we get into the next topic. Hello, Corey. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Pete. How's it going? Hey, it's going all right. What's up? I just wanted to comment real quick on the uh, the guy who was a CPA who was talking about what's the profession, what's the professional standard. Uh, so I've been in law enforcement for over 25 years. I have a master's degree. But the big debate for us is what actually denotes a profession. And as an example, law enforcement is not considered one. And the number one reason for that is the standards to be a police officer are not the same across the United States. So uh, I guess that makes sense. North Carolina is not the same as what's required in South Carolina. Right. So it sounds like it, there has to be some sort of a national statute, national right. code. Right. Because otherwise it's become a, a term like military grade. What does it actually even mean? Yeah. Professional. There's not a standard across the board, you, how do we, you know, hold somebody to what that even means? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it makes sense because the, like there's, and he did say like occupational licensing um, standard right. and there is, and that is exactly what law enforcement has as well. There's licensing right at the, uh, at the state level, but that's all determined at the state level. Correct. Right. And one of those things is a code of ethics. Um, right. It, as far as meeting, what is the, uh, dictionary standard of what a profession is right right and that's why when he said that i was like i was unclear as to what he was saying because like i know when i hear the word that you know when he said it's not a profession like well it it, i know people they absolutely that is their profession so i was thinking in the vernacular not as a statutory term right i think there's many occupations that have professionals in it whether it's heating and air or law enforcement right you know media uh but do they are they considered a profession like at the level of a doctor or a lawyer where if you're a doctor in California you went through the same training as a doctor in North Carolina? Right. Yeah, and like all of those guys uh, from that documentary Man on Fire that uh, yeah that, uh, that uh, they kept saying they were professionals. They were professionals. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. I get where he's coming from. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. All right, Corey. I appreciate the call. Stay safe, sir. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, man. You too. That's it. Uh, Denzel Washington, man on fire. I keep hearing that. Everybody keeps saying that. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Okay. Hey, uh, breaking news. Abortion providers don't like abortion restrictions. I would never have guessed. This is, yeah, this is one of the developments I am learning. Uh, Not really. Um, There are no restrictions that abortionists are okay with. So when you get a bunch of abortionists that show up at the General Assembly claiming that abortion care, this is what they're calling it as well, abortion care, <laughs> abortion care, <laughs> yeah. abortion care is health care, 
you know, trans women are women, like that kind of thing. So abortion care is health care, and, you know, they, they do not appreciate any kind of restriction. These are people that opposed adoption of a uh, of of sanitation or san- yeah, sanitation standards comparable to a, a vet. They, they objected to that. They, they did not think they needed to be held to any kind of uh, sanitary standards that, that veterinarians have to have to meet and, and like dog groomers. <laughs> they did not. Yeah. Remember that fight? It was, I'm not going to call it what the left calls it because they're just crude. But the uh, there was a bill. This was during Pat McCrory's tenure, remember? Um, because what happened was McCrory then got to put some people in place, the Health and Human Services Secretary, what was her name? Uh, Vosh, right? Was that her name? And she started looking through and realized that, hey, we haven't been, um, we haven't been uh, keeping up to date on all of these um, abortion clinics, on the, the, the checkups on them. Right, the the inspections. And this was right after the Kermit Gosnell story broke. That was the local crime story, remember that? Um the Kermit Gosnell story broke up in uh Pennsylvania and all of a sudden people were looking around like, Oh my gosh, we've been ignoring these inspections for political purposes. So um they start looking into this and then they, they uh the General Assembly passed a bill that would uh that would tighten the inspections and the sanitation status of these clinics and in order to get it done because the by the way tomorrow is the crossover deadline for the legislation right house goes over to senate senate goes over to house so you got this flurry of activity the democrats are like oh my gosh it's under the cloak of night you're passing all these bills cloak of night and um no they're saying well, they are saying, though, that it's the dark in the cloak of darkness or the dark of night. And they're saying it's all because the, the press conference was yesterday at six o'clock. It went into their joint rules committee this morning at 9 a.m. They they took public comment for like an hour and a half. And now they're doing the first vote on it. So it's a, it is an accelerated process. And, I, and I'm of two minds on that. I, I Like on the one hand, I get the criticism. Yeah, you're you're fast tracking it. Absolutely. On the other hand, um, who was it? Vicki Sawyer. Let me see if I can pull up her tweet here um, or her comment. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Brian Anderson, formerly of the AP, now of the uh, the Anderson Report or something. Um, State Senator Vicki Sawyer says, quote, we have had these discussions. We know what you would have said if we had come to you. You never would have voted for these bills. I am confident that this is the best piece of compromise mainstream legislation that we could put forward. I reject the fact that what I'm hearing today is that this is anti-woman and anti-democratic. I definitely reject the fact that your voices haven't been heard. Before, we heard them during the elections. We heard them today. And we'll continue to hear them when we vote to override the veto. (laughs) All right. Like this idea that that we don't know your position. Oh, we need the opportunity to be heard. Well, also, let me go ahead. I have this audio clip. It came from the press conference yesterday. This is... Let me see here. Oh, where did it go? 
Oh, here it is. It was, okay, last one. This is State Senator Amy Gailey. I forgot to print it onto the second page. Okay. State Senator Amy Gailey from Alamance and Randolph Counties, that's her uh, district, she said that she personally reached out to a Democrat colleague in the state Senate. By the way, the members, so a bunch of these state lawmakers, these female state lawmakers, um, were, um, they were working together in like a working group. And they uh, they reached out to some Democrat colleagues like five months ago. And Amy Gailey says she reached out to a state senator as well, a Democrat, before the working group even was formed. And I believe it was January. And I asked her, and we had not begun meeting in the working group, just reached out to her and asked her if there would be any room to work with the Democrats on this issue. And she said she would get back to me. And she did. And she said no. There would not be any room to work with us. So I extended the, the, the outreach, and it was rejected, and so we proceeded from there. Right. So while the Democrats are, are screaming and crying and wailing right now about how they were not allowed to be part of the process, you didn't ask us. First off, they did ask you, do you want to join this working group? And they said no. So whatever opportunity they had to influence the legislation— they took a pass on. So just keep that in mind when you hear all these people screaming that they were cut out of the process. They were not cut out. They opted out. Their choice. It was their choice. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. I did get a response from the woman who posted a picture of her dog at the uh, at the Raleigh Capitol building, the legislative building over the uh, the abortion bill that is being voted on. And she posted this picture. And it's just four pictures of her one dog. And she said, dogs against, what did she say here? Dogs. Oh, dogs for safe abortion access. And I said, lies. This is just one dog. Also, it has no idea what it's doing there. (laughs) And she responded and said, don't you have some children to bully? (laughs) No, you'll do fine, Lindsay. Um... (laughs) No, no, I mean, I just think it's hilarious. Like, this, of all, like, do you not realize that was a joke? The left really has become humorless. They really have. This is just a joke. It's not even at anybody's expense. This isn't. You took a picture of one dog and said dogs, whatever. It's it's actually it's just a joke on 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 plurals. Your use of a plural, right? That's. I mean, come on. Um, and then there's this response uh, from RWB. Funny how dogs are never aborted, but instead put up for adoption. But humans, on the other hand, I guess, it's a good point. 
<laughs> Where are all these people out there lobbying for abortions for the dogs and the cats and such? Why aren't we doing more of that? <laughs> it's just a joke. Oh, my gosh. You could tell, like, they're going to come for me. I'm going to get the, right, the the pro-abortion people and the and the animal lovers. They're going to unite against me. Get me canceled. All right. Mark, welcome to the program. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hi, Pete. Hi, what's up? Uh, um, so one of the things I've noticed is, like, uh, last year during the election, uh, Jeff Jackson, the Democrat, read a TikTok, I think, as well as Charlotte. Uh, you know, he would yes. never list a, a, uh, a limit for abortion. He says that he's they don't want ex- uh, abortions, but they won't give you any time of a time limit. So they say, we don't support abortion until birth, but... We can't tell you when we'll stop it. Right. It's always this nebulous, uh, you know, woman's right to choose between her and her doctor. Not for me to say. Can't legislate this kind of thing. And uh, or they'll say every now and again, you will encounter one that cites the Roe standard of viability, which is ironic because the Roe standard got tossed out with KCV Planned Parenthood. But whatever. Um, But every now and again, you'll encounter them. But yes, you are correct. They they have a hard time answering the question of. What I like to, how I frame it is, when do rights obtain, right? When does the child in utero, when does that fetus, baby, whatever you want to call it, clump of cells, right? When do the rights, the, the, the human rights, civil rights, when do they attach? Right. So one of the things I did find interesting was um, I actually was at the, the abortion mill off the Trobe over the weekend. Um, and they actually, there's a... a Pregnancy Resource Center out of Monroe that sends an RV that's equipped with an ultrasound. They park down the street from the place, mm. and what they do is they, when people come by, they just say, hey, can we show you an ultrasound? Can we talk to you? And sometimes they'll say yes, and most times they'll say no. But when the RV actually left Saturday, it has to, because of the loop, it has to drive by the abortion mill, and as they drive by, the pro-abortion people there are flipping them the bird Mm. which i'm like i thought you said you're pro-choice and we're trying to give people a choice an informed choice no 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 not that choice yeah not not that choice right Uh, yeah we're we're pro-choice if you choose the choice that we prefer exactly so uh, i thought that was pretty interesting and and actually one of the protesters there that they know very well by his first name they told me that he's actually a CMS middle school teacher. Oh, that's not like, surprising. Well, yeah. How, how do you support abortion if if you don't want to have students make it to your classroom? Well, uh, maybe uh, the kinds of kids he's seen in his classroom. Maybe that has uh, informed his. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, Mark, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let me see here. I think it's Senate Bill 2. I, I rarely ever... I mean, especially on the long sessions, that, uh, 20, Senate Bill 20. Senate Bill 20 is the uh, the abortion bill that the General Assembly 
uh, has been working on. The Republicans had a working group. They've been working for months on it. I think it's all women. Um, and uh, they came up with it's like 45 pages or so. And it's got a ton of stuff in it. But the big headlines here, I mean, they, they, they put money into, you know, helping support uh, adoptions, fostering, uh, crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, there's, there's medical care for pregnant moms involved. There's a bunch of money in the bill to do the things that the left always criticizes the right for not doing in the, quote, pro-life debate, right? They always say, oh, yeah, they only care about the life of the child until it's born. They don't give them any support. They don't give these pregnant women any support. They just try to shame them, all of this. So they, they have created this entire structure around helping the moms. So that's off the table. And so now what we're what we're hearing is that 12 weeks is too short, right? That's what they're saying. They want, so the, the, the bill says you cannot have an elective abortion. There's a couple different time frames here, a little, uh, just tears. You, you cannot have an elective abortion past the first trimester. So you get, you get three months, three months to decide, do you want to keep the kid or not? Three months. Then... After that, and going through 20 weeks, so basically like what through the second trimester, you have the exception for rape and incest, right? So if you've, if you've been victimized in that way, then you're still able to take advantage of abortion services long past the first trimester. You get that through 20 weeks instead of 12 and if you have, and then there was an, there's also an exception for fetal life limiting anomalies through six months, and there's never an ex- or there's always an exception. I should say there's always an exception if the life of the mother is at risk. So they've they have addressed all of the exceptions that the left always cites for opposing. You know, any kind of abortion rule whatsoever. They say it needs to stay where it is right now at 20 weeks. It, it should not be reduced to 12, which is what this legislation would do. Some and there's there's more. There's some technical stuff on it. They, they also are going to have um, it's going to require all clinics that perform surgical abortions versus the chemical ones, which is just basically a pill. You take a pill um, to you actually take two. This is the mifeprestone, whatever, um, to meet the same standards. So if you're going to be doing surgical abortions, you have to meet the same standards as ambulatory surgical centers. Well, I mean, are you engaged in surgeries or not? You should have to meet the standards or else let's start repealing the standards for all of the other surgical clinics, right? And any abortions performed after the first trimester must be performed in hospitals. Doctors must provide care to babies that survive a botched procedure and abortions based on a baby's sex, race, Down syndrome, all prohibited. No selective abortion, uh, gender-selected abortions, right? Not, not allowed to do that. Current law requiring that abortion-inducing drugs be administered in person by a doctor, that stays on the books, so that's not changing. An extensive informed consent process must be completed in person 72 hours prior to any abortion, surgical or medical, chemical, whatever. You... 
You gotta, you have to have informed consent. And they go over this is what it means to be informed. Potential side effects, ramifications, and the doctor has to see you again after, like, within 7 to 14 days. You have to go back. Part of the reason for that was explained by Dr. Kristen Baker, uh, state representative from Cabarrus County, I believe. Yeah. And uh, she was she talked about how uh, some of the side effects of the drug resemble the uh, it, it's like cramping, bleeding. And so you may not know that you've got a much worse situation that you are in danger of dying. You may not know that because these are some of the symptoms or, or uh, uh, side effects of the drug anyway. So going back to the doctor could save your life. And so they're saying you got to go back to the doctor. And you would think, you would think that this, as I just saw, some, you know, the sky is falling. That this is the most extreme ever. And I saw somebody ask, well, what if, what would you be saying if, if they did a six week ban instead of a twelve? Let me get Mark on the program. Hello, Mark. How are you? What's up? We're all good. Hey. Um, good. <laughs> Mark from Boston, but. Um, yeah, the um, that uh, tweet. I wish you had done this. And I, look, I'm not here to put you down. Believe me, I love you, and I don't want to get a love fest like in the morning. <laughs> I wish you had said, "Don't you have any children? Go off and go home and uh, uh, bully." Oh my goodness! I aborted them. Oh my goodness! No, I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, like I, I could have turned it on her. Um, I yeah. know you're smart enough to. Yeah, it's again like this is the thing. You know, if I choose to poke the bear on this one, I I might. I don't know, but you might get bit. Yeah, well, I just I know like these. A lot of these people are just so deranged, and oh lord, yes, yeah, good, great word. <laughs> yeah, they really. Are. So, all right, so here you go, and so now here's one. Zan is now in because uh, he's saying, "Oh, get a life." L M F A. Also laughing his butt off. Um, he and then he looks like a. Oh, he spelled pedophile. Oh, that's interesting. He spelled it like the English version, P-A-E-D-O-P-H. <laughs> See, so like this is what you get when you start kicking the hornet's nest. You start getting these kinds of moon bats uh, that, you know, have the internet muscles. And, you know, sometimes it's not worth it. I, I, I prefer to go after, you know, people that have some level of, of professionalism and dignity, kind of like the, uh, you know, the lobbyist for the ACLU of North Carolina. Like, that's who I try to... <laughs> I like I like the uh, I like the uh, Rush vernacular on that. Good. All right, buddy. Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you, sir. All right, take it easy. Uh, yeah, I, like I'm just I kind of am curious to see what happens, and you know, if uh, if it gets stirred up, I mean, well, okay, fine. I'm your Huckleberry, but we'll see how it goes. Okay, next up is George. Welcome to the show, George. How are you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If I killed my pregnant girlfriend, I'd be charged with double murder. Uh, also, these same, if I took my son at about age six or eight, and I was a doctor, and I just took him to the office because he decided he wanted to be a little girl, and I took him there and chopped him up, DSS would be all over me and put me in jail for life. And yet, these same doctors don't want any part of lethal injection for killers. Well, that's the, because that's inhumane. That's inhumane. If my child says, I really don't want this uh, plumbing, then uh, that's the humane thing to do is to, yeah, is to 
Start start lopping off body parts. Yeah. Yeah, it's very clear. George, I appreciate the call. And yes, it is true. But George George's point on the, the double murder is really what and this was my argument all before the Dobbs decision, which was Roe v. Wade never should have taken the decision away from the states in the first place because the state charges you with a murder, right? States create criminal statutes and they determine what rises to a certain level in the statutes, right? With certain types of crimes, right? So when states pass laws shooting into an occupied vehicle, for example, or dwelling, right? They, for some reason, they feel like this is a worse crime than, I guess, shooting just out in the open, whatever. But you're, you know, trying to cut down on the drive-bys or something, right? Or you're trying to cut down on, you know, people shooting into homes and such. So you charge extra. Those are state-level decisions. They make that call. Just like, okay, you shot and killed somebody who's carrying a child, a birthing person, I think is the correct term nowadays. Um, and uh, so you shoot and kill this person and you you take both of their lives, then just like you know, Ray Carruth, right? He hired hitmen to kill his pregnant girlfriend. He got charged with murder and then another attempted murder on the child that survived. So that is up to the state to determine. That's why I always said it needed to be determined by the states. The, the rules and regulations on abortion. And by the way, this is what democracy looks like, right? This, this is the legislature doing its work on a controversial topic, yes, to be sure. But this is where you want these decisions made. And you know what? If you think that this is going to be such a dead-bang winner for you guys, go ahead and run on it. And if the majority of the population of North Carolina somehow you know, reverses itself, changes their mind, if people change their minds and say, you know what, now we're not cool with a 12-week ban, they'll, they'll throw everybody out if that's the issue that motivates them to do so. We shall see. But the polling is pretty clear. Most people support limits after the first trimester. Most of the rest of the world is where North Carolina is going. Like, this is not a radical bill, right? A radical bill would be, you know, banning abortions outright or putting no limit on abortions at all, right? Those are radical positions. And the closer you get to either one of those, and, and I can agree with the, with the former, but I also recognize that from where we are now, that is a radical departure. So this idea that it's radical to say 12 weeks, you know how many people showed up there? Pro-lifers showed up at the public hearing today. There were a bunch, and they were like, this is not what we wanted, but they'll take it. You fight for, you fight for half the loaf, right? And then you come back and fight for the other half later. So you get what you can get right now, and we'll see how it goes. And maybe the left is correct, and maybe the backlash against the Republican lawmakers is so severe, so widespread, that uh, they get voted out. That's possible. I, I don't know. I don't think so. But the left certainly does. They certainly do believe that this was the issue that propelled them to lose not so badly in the midterms. They do. And so they're going to, they're going to keep beating this drum. But I don't think it's a radical bill. No. All right. Um, there, and I believe they're going to be voting on it 
like in about another five minutes or so. It's going into the full Senate. And they've already got hundreds of people filing in. I'm sure it will be not an insurrectiony activity at all. See you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.